This episode of Bosses for Bosses, a podcast for entrepreneurs, is sponsored by Hamilton Law Firm and is intended for general educational purposes. It's for fun. For specific professional advice, reach out to any one of us. Today, we're going to be talking about hate talk and crimes and what to do when it hits close to home. Hi, I'm Aisha Hamilton with the Hamilton Law Firm. I'm Jason Meyer of Meyer Business Law. I'm Josh Irons of River Avenue Digital. And I'm Elisa McCabe, the owner at First Steps Financial. And we are all bosses. And if you're running a business or a team or running your own career, then you're a boss too. These days, we're all entrepreneurs using our wits and our enduring creativity to stay nimble and to turn whatever we've got into success. Jason, Josh, Aisha, and myself all run businesses to help other bosses with different aspects of their enterprise. Because entrepreneurship is our passion, and this is Bosses for Bosses, a podcast for entrepreneurs. We are constantly bombarded with news of hate in our country. If you're anything like me, I'm totally annoyed by all of it. It affects our businesses. It affects those we love and those we don't even know. Locally, we had a Jewish community center attacked three times along with two other synagogues in the area. What can we do as business owners or even as employees to bring this to the attention of others and let the world know that we stand behind our brothers and sisters of all communities? Does it impact your business in a negative way or a positive way when we set up and put ourselves out there as a voice that we're against this? Aisha, what are you thinking on this as an employee? Can you voice your opinion? Should you? So there's the answer that I, I want to give that will protect you in your job. Mm-hmm. And that's not the answer you want to hear. Oh. So when your mom said, don't talk sex, politics, and religion at the dinner table, that's the rule you want to follow for your workplace too. Think about why you're there, why you're at work. And it is not to make a political statement. While in our lives, it's really important for us to be upstanders and not bystanders, you may not necessarily want to be picking that fight on a general issue in your workplace. Employees forget, and it's particularly if you're in a private employment setting, you do not have a First Amendment right to say whatever you want, mm-hmm. whenever you want, and to be protected. So an employer can say to you, listen, I don't like, as Whole Foods did, I don't want you to wear a Black Lives Matter t-shirt or a Black Lives Matter mask. And it is because they were directing their employees not to make political statements, Mm. not that they were saying that particular political statement is unacceptable. So employers can make workplace policies that say we don't want sex, religion, and politics discussed in the workplace. And you do have to abide by that. Now, it's a completely different matter if someone is attacking you by making comments about sex, religion, or politics, right? At that point, you absolutely have a mechanism or should, with your employer, have a mechanism to go to your HR department to say, listen, this particular comment was made at this particular time, and it made me feel really uncomfortable. And I felt like I was being harassed and retaliated against because of my religion, because of my gender, or because I happen to identify as a Democrat or a Republican, whatever it is. Make sure you know what your HR mechanism is. 
But also I, I say to employees, I caution you, before you pick a fight in the workplace, before you become an upstander, think about the fact that you must assume that you're being recorded at all times. Just operate in that fashion. Everybody's got a cell phone at their desk. Everybody hits record. Whether it's a video recording, an audio recording, you are being captured somehow. Just start with that premise and make sure that you're conducting yourself in a way that is not going to get you fired, right? That doesn't violate company policy. So that kind of leads me to, and I have to agree, having employees, I would want them to behave that way too. Like you're always being watched. You represent our company. But now I have to ask Jason. So Jason, like what happens if myself as a business owner, I own a company, I come out with a political statement. So I say, I stand up for this community that I see being attacked and I might be more vocal about it. Yeah, Lisa, to me, there's huge power and opportunity in this topic. and. As you were giving our introduction, I thought of how we came to this topic, which is that you just called me on the phone one day and you were upset about what had happened to Mm -hmm. your friends and clients. And you were like, what are we supposed to do about it? Mm -hmm. And one thing we can do about it is we can talk about it in our podcast and maybe share some ideas for what to do. Like what Aisha said about there being this dichotomy for employees, there's the same dichotomy for employers that goes in the opposite direction, which is sure, you can do all that stuff. But your business will be more successful the more you have a speak-up culture within your business. The more people feel free to talk about whatever issues are bothering them in the workplace, which might include what they're hearing from other, you know, what they're hearing from fellow employees. I think as a business taking a political stance, what do you mean by that political stance? I think recent times have shown that we're in such partisan circumstances that if your political stance is maybe to favor one candidate over another, you, you know, you have the right to do that, but you also do it at your peril in terms of who you may send packing. But if it has to do with, to me, these issues, hate, fairness, democracy, these are all meta politics. They're above like, which party do I vote for? Cause I do or don't like taxes, right? What do I think the school board should do about whether to open a new school? That's all right, that's politics, all right? This is all metapolitics. This is about values. So to me, number one, every business that's big enough to have employees should have a set of stated core values. Right. Not just that it's in your head, you publish them, you talk about them. And for an entrepreneur, you have the advantage to live by them and to lead with them. Why are we doing this? Because our core value is X, right? Why am I on your case about answering the phone within three rings? Because customer service is a number is a top value for this company, okay? Why am I on your case about knocking off the jokes in the workplace? Because fairness and inclusivity is a core value for this mm-hmm. company. Right. And so if you establish those values that matter to you as the leader of the company and then use them to lead by, it frankly, to me, takes care of a lot of the gray areas about how to behave. But the next step to me is you have to help people with the how, how to follow those values, right? And I I talk a lot about compliance training and what's effective in compliance training. I've I've done a lot of work in that area. And to me, so much of compliance training fails because you keep beating on me about the rules, right? Mm -hmm. Do this, don't do this, right? I got it. What I don't have, the employee is thinking in their head, what I don't have is how am I supposed to go about doing that, Mm -hmm. right? You want me to tell you when I see, let's say, an improper poster inside somebody's locker when they're changing, or when I hear a joke that I shouldn't hear. I know I'm supposed to say something. How am I supposed to go about doing that? Mm-hmm. Who do I talk to? 
How do I do it so that my this guy who is my friend, even though he's a jerk about this stuff, he's my friend otherwise, how am I supposed to bring this up so that he gets corrected and doesn't get into trouble, right? And I don't want to get him fired. I just like him to straighten up. What do I do about that? And I think we need to help our employees with those procedures, with that procedural knowledge. This is how you do it. It's safe for you. This is what it's going to look like. This is what will happen next. And to really take the temperature down on that stuff. And then the third level is something we're beginning to see other companies step up and lead on, which is, and for example, if you look at the major corporate reaction to things like the voter suppression laws in Georgia, let me Uh call something for what it is, all right? These are statutes that are designed generally to reduce voting by groups of people who tend to vote for the other side, right? It's changing the sport, changing the rules of the sport so my team wins. That's what these laws are, okay? In the middle of the game. But they, in the middle of the game. But they do, and they're, let me say the other challenging thing here is these laws are passed were passed legally through legal processes, right? There was a little bit of legislative trickery in Georgia and Texas, but you know, pretty much they followed parliamentary procedure and they passed something because they had the votes to do it. But the impact of what they passed was absolutely racial. Well, we saw companies that in the past I think never would have spoken up, speak up and say, we don't accept this. We are going to use our power within the state to try and change it. We haven't exactly seen things like business boycotts and withdrawals, but we'll see whether we ever get to that point. But they, the business itself felt free to speak up and more than before. And when I see that, I think, well, was it a profit motive? They don't want to turn off customers. Was it for recruiting? They don't want to turn off their employee base. Did they just think this was politically correct? And my answer to all that is, doesn't matter why they did it. They did it. Key thing is they did it. And I think in part they did it because after... 20 years of the corporate compliance industry saying, have core values, live by core values. This training is based on our core values. Here's our code of conduct. That has created a sea change where you're seeing even major companies say, you know, if these values mean anything, we got to say something. And if Home Depot can do it and Delta Airlines can do it, then we can do it on Main Street. Yeah, I agree. One of our core values is kindness. And I think that's why this really Mm -hmm. affected us so much and what upset us. Josh, have you seen marketing campaigns that like speak about directly to this? And and like, would you advise this? So like, can I go into marketing and say like, hey, we got to put it out there. We're going to put it out there on social media that we're upset about this. Yeah. Like what, what, what are we, your thoughts we, on it coming from the marketing we, perspective about yeah, what we, to do we, about hate? We see it all the time. We have clients who aren't afraid to take a stand, put their messaging out there. And I mean, one thing that we always say is I'd rather be someone's shot of whiskey than everybody's cup of tea. And people have their audience and they have their their tribe and they have the people that they want to work with. And that's yeah. fine. And they're going to double down and, and grab those people. I saw something yesterday that actually disturbed me a lot. So I'm, I have a Jeep. I'm a Jeep guy. Jeep put out a ad on Instagram and it was two gentlemen hugging each other and right in front of their Jeep. And it was had to do with Pride Month. And the comments below that were disgusting. Like I was really? I was terrified. And there's something called a Jeep wave. Like when you see another person driving yeah. Yeah, a Jeep Wrangler. So I mean, I said I'm not I'm not waving to these people anymore. The the whole the whole lot of them were were Bunch of being very, very negative about what, what they saw. So Jeep set themselves up to allow for that. They knew that was going to happen, but they took a stand and they doubled down on it. And they said, this is what we want to put out there. 
And then there was the people who said, oh, they're just trying to be woke. There's a difference between trying to be woke and actually putting out a message that you want to get across to people and you want to make a certain group of people feel comfortable. I think that's fine. I mean, but you have to be prepared for the repercussions of it. Right. Because I mean, that post took a, Mm -hmm. took a turn and took a mind of its own. We're in an interesting world and we, we have been for the last, on this front, 10 or 15 years where because the government, at least on the federal level, is so sharply divided and so closely divided, there's a lot of fronts on which the government is not really pushing progress, but the corporate sector is. And a lot of our social leadership now is coming from the corporate sector and LGBTQ rights are a prime example. That all started, to me, a lot of progress was made when companies started saying, look, we're going to extend health care benefits to your civil yeah. partners, right? Yeah. Before That's gay marriage true. was legalized, companies said, we're going to start extending health care yeah. benefits. Now, was that done because they wanted to keep, you know, they wanted to keep employees? Was it done for recruiting reasons? Maybe. It doesn't matter. It was a step, the arc of, what is it? The, the, the long arc of history bends towards justice, right? It was a bend in the arc of history. And it was companies who had to take the lead to do it. Yeah. And I'm all for socially activist companies, but you need to be really careful about permitting one type of speech and Mm -hmm. acknowledging and promoting one type of speech while then intending to suppress Mm -hmm. something that you don't want to hear in the workplace. Mm -hmm. You're opening a can of worms. And I I really want you to watch yourselves when you do that, because there's people like like me out there waiting for the disparate treatment claim, waiting for you permitted the Democrat to speak, but not the Republican. You permitted the white male to speak, but not the woman of color. So what? Yeah, you got it. And, and I heard a Christopher Eisgruber, the president of Princeton, wrote on this topic of sort of free speech in an institution. He wrote about it in an academic institution. But he had a distinction, Aisha, that was like really helpful to me in sort of working my head through this between free speech and truth finding. It's one way to look at it, that there's a way we talk when we're trying to find the truth, that it where you stand now, you can enforce values like civility and common respect. And the other distinction that helps me is one I heard between speech and behavior. That is, look, you're free to say you like a particular political candidate, right? We're generally trying not to talk about politics in the office, but I got nothing against you because you like the candidate I don't like. That's different than the way you act, okay? Just because you like that guy doesn't mean it's okay to do the discriminatory things that guy says, right? That's behavior, and we have to Look at behavior. These are tough lines for business leaders. And the rules are different for business owners and employees because a business owner can say, I feel this way, my company feels this way, but an employee can't. But I think that's that's the what I'm trying to point out is I don't think a business owner should be free and vocal about their political views because you you set leadership from the top, right? You right. set the tone. And the company culture and the examples come from the top. So if you're out there saying, I am a Biden supporter or a Trump supporter, Mm. but you better not talk about politics in the workplace, you have a severe discord in your company culture. You can't Mm -hmm. do that. You absolutely cannot do that. But I I do think you can say we stand up against discrimination and we stand up against hate without that. talking about can we say, which party to vote Can I for. say I'm against anti-Semitism? Can I say that? Or do I have to, as a business owner, say I'm against anti-everything? You can say, look, we can have a moment of silence 
in respect for the harm that was done at the local synagogue. Or we can have a moment of silence in respect for the anniversary of Sandy Hook shooting. You know, you can do that, right? But you're not, that's not in itself a political statement. That's just a, a societal statement. And I think that's the distinction Jason was trying to make. Mm -hmm. But I'm trying to say, do it carefully because there are mistakes that can easily, easily be made. So you better know what you're doing or have legal counsel on speed dial before you do it. And as a business owner, make sure you're actually, is it worth it to make this point? Josh, do you have a little bit of input on this? Oh yeah, no, that's what it's all about is thinking through what the, the repercussions are. Like when my four-year-old is about to do something bad, I said, think about what's going to happen next. <laughs> and and that as business owners, that's what we need to do is what could be the outcome of me saying X, Y, and Z. And it goes back to the values. And when we think about values with my company, it's honesty, transparency, passion, courage, innovation, and curiosity. And I try to live by those and talk about them all the time with our employees and also have an open door policy where if you need to talk about anything, come to me, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out and move forward that way. And I've been in situations where that hasn't been the case and they've become toxic because there wasn't that openness and that transparency. And it really hurt the organization from a, from a revenue standpoint at the end of the day, not just people being unhappy or or being feeling like they're being constrained from saying what they can say. I mean, it all comes down to dollars and cents at the end of the day. Well, thank you, everybody. Aisha, Josh, Jason, thank you so much for everything. I feel better about dealing with this hate crime and, and where I can go and where I can't go with it and the great experiences. We'll be back with our boss moves of the week right after this message. Hi, I'm Aisha Hamilton, the principal at the Hamilton Law Firm. We're located in Princeton, New Jersey, and represent clients all across New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania. In particular, we represent employees and their claims against their large corporate employers, negotiating separation packages and employment packages, and as appropriate, bringing those claims to court to hold employers accountable for discrimination and retaliation. We also represent small and medium-sized businesses and protect them from claims by their employees. The Hamilton Law Firm is pleased and honored to support the Bosses for Bosses podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our boss moves through the week. Aisha, what's yours? You got to treat your workplace like your Thanksgiving table. If your mom doesn't want you saying it at the Thanksgiving table with your crazy uncle sitting next to you, don't say it at work. I love that. Jason, what's your boss move for this week? You know, my to-do list is if you don't have a stated set of core values, do it. Have a conversation with the people that matter to you within the company about what they think the values are. Socialize it. Come up with that sort of values. And then use them to lead. Don't lock them in a drawer and put them up somewhere where no one sees them. They can be the way you help guide your employees through those gray areas where it's not clear what, you know, what to do. Think about the values. Follow the values. Awesome. Josh, what's your boss move? I'm going, I'm doubling down on the values and I think it's hiring to those values. So know your values when you're interviewing, say, okay, does this person, is, are they going to fit in our culture based on the values that we've come up with? And if so, bring them on board. If you have any little red flags, they're not, they're not the person for you. So, and I'll tell you, thank you, Josh, because those are 
really, really important. My boss move is listen to Aisha. If you're going to stick your neck out, have legal on speed dial. Thanks for listening to Bosses for Bosses, a production of Smart Boss Media. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd like even more to help your business grow. If you have any questions or want to contact any of the folks on this podcast, you can just email us at info at smartboss.media. Also at smartboss.media, you'll find any resources and links that go along with this podcast. And you can find links to other podcasts and resources for entrepreneurs and learn how Smart Boss Media can help you get your business podcast launched and listened to, like this one is. It's your one stop for information to help you listen, create, and thrive as an entrepreneur. Visit smartboss.media.